0: got drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. I know it's not the Chicago Bears, but it was the Colts. Yep. So I'm 21 years old. My wife and I were newly married. We lived in student housing in college. 400 square feet of awesomeness. <laughs> and so looking forward to, to getting drafted. So we're watching ESPN. We couldn't afford a lot of stuff, but we could afford ESPN. ESPN. So we're watching the draft. We're, we're watching the draft in the first round, second round. I didn't think I'd be drafting the first round, second round, maybe the third round. Third round goes by, and during the draft, my mom is calling. Back then, we didn't have call waiting, so I'm like, yo, mom, I love you, but stop calling because if a team calls, they can't get through. <laughs> the draft is about to go off on day one, and the phone rings. I pick up the phone thinking it's my mom. And I go, hello. And on the other end, I hear, this is Clyde Powers of the Indianapolis Colts. We've just selected you as the 92nd selection in the 1993 NFL draft. Then, my wife starts crying because on ESPN it says, Colts, 92nd selection, Derwin Gray. Man, I'm crying. She's crying. All of a sudden, I'm remembering all the hours of running when no one's watching. Greatness is not birth on the playing field. It's birth behind the scenes when no one else knows, and it's lonely. And I'm weeping, and I'm crying, and boom, I get drafted. Then I have to play football against grown men. It was a war. Like, at 21, you think you're grown? Not even close. I mean, I was playing against men with mortgages and three and four kids gray coming out of their beers they were trying to hurt me man it was a war <laughs> you know what the moment that you said yes to jesus and he signed his contract in blood to draft you on his team you too signed up for a war as a matter of fact ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 18 read this way This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Isn't it awesome that people in the South did not make up, be strong in the Lord? Because that's what I thought for a while. Put on the full armor of God. That's That's like putting on your uniform. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, hey, teenagers and preteens, man, I wish so bad I could tell you life is going to be problem-free, and nothing tragic or bad is ever going to happen. But if I told you that, I would be lying. Stand your ground and do, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, whether if we've walked with you for a long time, or whether if we're just exploring who you are, whether if we're in the midst of a, a crisis of faith, whether if we're in the midst of incredible suffering, meet us with Jesus and show us the beauty. power of his grace and god's people said amen all right so spiritual warfare is real spiritual warfare is real and it will come your way currently right now my family and i are experiencing some of the worst absolute times in our lives As a matter of fact, I have no idea how I am keeping it together right now other than Jesus Christ. If you're a person going, well, what's the use of following Jesus if bad things happen to pastors? Well, if you become atheist, bad things still going to happen too. (laughs) Like, Like there's no, I'm an atheist, so bad things won't happen to me. We may as well suffer with intentionality and with purpose, and understand that there's a a big scope, a big thing that's happening. Uh, My family and I, my wife and I are doing great. Children are going through some struggles, extended family, all types of things, and it's this incredible season of spiritual warfare. Over the last couple months, at least twice, I thought I was going to die of a broken heart. I literally thought I was going to die of a broken heart. I was like, Vicki, I'm about to die. I can feel my heart beating out of my chest as I laid flat on my face in the midst of praying. Now, let me give you the other side of the story. Our church is exploding and booming. My third and fourth book are coming out at the same time this fall. By the way. Parents, I scored a 16 on my ACT. (laughs) Now I'm halfway through my doctorate, and I graduated my master's magna cum laude. Um, And I just found out I'm going to get an honorary doctorate for the work that we're doing at our church. So it's not where your kids start. Life is a marathon. Hello. Teenagers, give me a high five right now. Boom, 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 all over the place. All right. So we've got these two worlds where great things are happening and incredible sufferings happening. Spiritual warfare is happening. It's like two tracks of a rail going down the same pace and in the midst of the great things, Jesus is there. In the midst of the bad things, Jesus is there. But the reality is that there is a spiritual battle that is going on. And the enemy wants to distort destroy and decimate you and I. Now, this is going to sound kind of goofy, but trust me. In the seat you're sitting in is incredible, redemptive, beautiful potential. Listen, I I don't know if, like, if you were the last guy to get picked in middle school to play sports and a girl got picked before you, you know? I don't know about your past, but I do know who Jesus is. And I do know what Jesus can do in people's lives. And there is great redemptive potential. That word redemptive is a big word. It's a beautiful word. And you know what it means? And that God buys back all of our hurt. By the way, I get excited. All of our pain. And he shapes us and he molds us in the midst of it. I have never suffered greater and been weaker but stronger at the same time they would have clapped the Transmission Church right there. They would have been like, <laughs> preach, preacher. Hey, there we go. Okay, all right, you with me now? So let's, let's move to our next point here is, is in the midst of this spiritual war, let Jesus be your strength. Let Jesus be your strength. I promise you, my 400-pound bench press is not enough to handle life. My degrees are not enough to handle life. Jesus wants to be your strength. This is the, one of the most difficult things for followers of Jesus, and for those of you who are checking out who Jesus is, is we think that Jesus is kind of like our co-pilot. Have you ever seen those stickers? Do, do you, you don't have a sticker on your car, do you? Because I'm about to blow it up. I'm about to blow it up right now. Jesus doesn't want to be your co-pilot, He created the universe. He holds all atoms in the majesty of his sovereignty. He doesn't need to be our co-pilot. He needs to be the pilot. He needs to be our life. He needs to be our strength. And you know what happens in the midst of suffering? We get so weak that we give up and we go, Jesus, you have to do it because I can't. Check out what Ephesians 6, 10, and 11 says. I think it's going to come up on the screen if not. Just roll with me, okay? It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Teenagers, preteens, did you see whose strength that is? The Lord's mighty power. Let's just rewind a little bit to remember who our Lord is, because I'm prone to forget. He's the one who parted the Red Sea. He's the one who got death in a headlock and said, I'm getting up now. He's the one who formed the Milky Way galaxy and put us right in the spiral arm of the Milky Way galaxy so life can exist. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the great I am. He's the one who has always been and who will always be. And he sang, I want to be your strength. When we live as followers of Jesus, and if you're not yet one, just marinate on this, and we don't live from his strength, two things happen to us. Despair or pride. Here's Mr. Pride. I'm an awesome Christian, aren't I? One day you too could levitate like me. (laughs) You know, I read the Bible all day, every day. Just the parts that don't convict me, though. (laughs) Despair is like, I've tried to kick this addiction. I've tried to do what my parents say. I've tried, I've tried, and I can't do it. So notice this. I can't do it. Look what I've done. Do you see where the focus is? I. I. Instead of the focus being on the great I am. Be strong in the Lord. Now, this is going to freak you out, okay? This is going to freak you out. God loves you so much that he will allow things to come into our lives to get us to the point to where all we can do is say, Jesus, you have to be my strength. I can see a lot better now. Since January to where I'm at now, I can see that God was going, Derwin, I've got some things that I'm going to do through you, but you're not ready. You don't know what true pain is. You don't know what true hurt is because when you tap into that true pain and that true hurt, you'll be weak enough for me to really, really use you. I have never loved people more. I don't know you, but you're made in the image of God, and my friend pastors you and shepherds you. We got the same blood. Some of us got the same tan. (laughs) But I love you. I have never had the compassion and the focus that I've had because of all this spiritual warfare, because of all of this suffering, that Jesus becomes our strength. You want to be strong in the midst of this great battle? You want to be—yeah, that's right, baby. You, you want to be strong what happens in the midst of weakness when we are absolutely stripped of ourselves. And, and the rest of the scripture says— Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, I'm a six year NFL veteran. Uh, For a couple of those years, I was a team captain for the Colts. Um, I like to hit people, like, not now. (laughs) Not now. Then, I longed for the contact. On Saturday nights, my wife would drive me to the hotel for the team meeting. And when I got in that car, my entire disposition changed. I longed for the contact. All throughout the week, we studied the playbook. We prepared, we developed schemes. And man, you know what I like to do the most, though? I would run down on what's called kickoff coverage. If you don't know what it is, just flow with a brother, okay? I would be a human torpedo, and I would do what's called busting the wedge, That means two 300-pound guys had a smaller guy behind him, and my job was to sacrifice my body. Doesn't that sound dumb? (laughs) My job was to sacrifice my body so somebody else could make the tackle. But I longed for it because back then, like I'm 240 now. Back then, I was 202, man. I was ripped like an action figure, man. Not no more, (laughs) though. I had an eight pack, I just got like a barrel now. But I longed to hit those guys and drop them because I was 100 pounds lighter. I schemed for that, I studied for that. I knew their weaknesses, their scouting report. I knew who their mama was. I knew where they were from, what high school they went to. I studied them all week. You do know the devil does that to you too, right? You do know that football's important, but the game of life is way more important, and the evil one has schemes. Like, for those of you, you're like, oh, yes, this raise, this promotion is going to be awesome, and the evil one's going, and that's right, you're going to be away from home more and more and more, neglecting your wife and kids just for a little bit more money, Mm, so she can get more in the divorce. You see, a blessing isn't necessarily a blessing because it leads to more material things. A blessing is what leads to greater quality of life with God and with the people you love and people who don't know Christ. He has schemes. I know for me, uh, one of the schemes is um, I came from a home where my mom was 17 when she had me. My dad was 19. Both of them struggled with Substance abuse, mental illness issues. And so my whole life was to escape where I came from. But here's the deal, though. You can't escape your soul. You can change locations, but your heart goes wherever you go. Rest isn't a destination. Rest is a person named Jesus. Peace is not something you buy. Peace is a gift that we get. The Lord wants us to be strong in him. And and, and then finally, be a person of of prayer. Be a Person of prayer. One of the things that I challenge Transformation Church with, and I challenge myself with, and, and I'm going to offer this challenge to you whether if you're a teenager, preteen, or whether if you have what I call wisdom hair, you know, that gray hair. That means y'all been around the block for a minute, right? And, and so, if I were to record your prayers, and you were to record my prayers, what would they sound like? Would it be close to like a seven year old in Target? When they go down the toy aisle. For those of you who got kids, you dread going to Target with your kids. Amen. You're like, Lord Jesus, help me. There's the toys. And you know the kids, Daddy, Mama, I need another one. You got three of them. I know, but I need four. I mean, but do our prayers, are they a list of gimme, 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 gimme. Does it sound like a rap song? gimme, gimme. Dave is going to do that next week, by the way. Or are our prayers, Lord Jesus, your will be done. The very thing that you want to escape from may be the very thing that Jesus is using to shape you into the person he's created you to be. That word masterpiece from Ephesians 2.10, it literally means God's artwork or poem. Now, as you can tell, I'm not a poetry kind of brother. But isn't that a beautiful picture? That that, that you are God's ink in his ink pen and he's canvassing the earth with his poetic beauty called grace we 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 want to be people of of prayer Uh, um sometimes we we make prayer difficult I, i didn't grow up as a christian um i didn't go to church when i was young so when i became a christian i was taught to pray they're like you just talk to jesus i'm like okay jesus let's talk let's have a conversation let's listen but man he wants to hear from you he wants to hear your heart he wants you to express your appreciation of him talk to him call out his name be like those fanatical fans at the Chicago Bear games when they call out the name of their favorite player. Let's call out the name of the great God and King in the midst of the spiritual war. Jesus, I need you. I have never in my life called out for him the way that I have, and he's answered me, not in a way that I thought he was going to answer, because he's much smarter than me. He's greater than me, and he loves me enough not to answer my petty prayers, but to give me what I need to become the person that... He's created me to be and he wants to do the same in you he wants to do the same in you spiritual warfare is real but Jesus is greater whatever you're going through I know what he did to get you through we're gonna be people of prayer and man I wish and I know some of you guys are going through some hard stuff, and I wish I could just give you a big bear hug. I, I, there's no power in me, but I just want to hug you and go, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right because he rose from the dead. No matter what happens, it's going to be okay. So back in that 400-square-foot apartment, got drafted, went to the mall, bought a hat, with the horseshoe on it went to training camp i was a fourth round pick so i was walking around like yeah then i found this out you'll like this this is fitting in order for the colts to have drafted me they had to trade a player to the chicago bears They wanted me so bad that they traded another player to the Chicago Bears to draft me. For several years, that was a highlight of my life. About 2000, 2001, I was at a summer camp, and whenever I get ideas, I just need to write. So I'm writing on a napkin, and I thought, wow, the Indianapolis Colts traded another player to the Chicago Bears to draft me. That's pretty cool. But it pales in comparison to this. God the Father traded his son Jesus to draft you. And you know what? You're a first-round pick. And you know what? It's not based on how you've played the game of life. The fact that you're a first-round pick is based on the way Jesus has played the game of life for you. Not only does Jesus forgive you, not only does Jesus declare you righteous, but he says, Yo, Papa, I live the perfect life they could not live. Trade me for them. You're a first round pick. On the high definition TV screen of heaven, there's the celestial ESPN. Da-na-na, da-na-na. And it has your face there. You're like, first round draft pick to God's team. Put your name in there. And the commentators say, how were their rights required? How were their rights acquired? How did they draft them? What did they do? And the other commentator says, they did nothing. Jesus has done it all. He died for their sins. He rose again. And guess what? He even signed a contract in his blood. And the Holy Spirit sealed it. So you can't ever get cut. There's a great philosopher that I love. Perhaps you've studied him. His name is Forrest Gump. And whenever he was done with something, he would say, that's all I got to say about that. So that's all I got to say about that. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that in the midst of this spiritual warfare, that Christ is our strength. That no matter what comes against us, you use it to shape us into your masterpieces. That Jesus is our strength. His blood washes us clean. His spirit fills our lungs with power. Right now in this moment, Maybe you're saying, hey, Pastor Derwin, I, I want to be strong in the Lord. I want to know how to follow this Jesus. I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I, I want to be drafted onto his team. What do I need to do? The Bible says believe. Those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus and believe will be rescued, will be brought into his kingdom, will be forgiven, will be given a new life, a new start, a new chance. Hey, if that's you right now in this moment, the silence of your heart say this to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I bow my knee to you and I confess that you are Lord God, King, and I believe with everything within me that you died for my sins because you love me, your blood forgives me, that you rose again on the third day to now live your life through me and make me a part of your family. I believe that and I receive that. In Jesus' name, amen.